Welcome to another episode of the Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Risa Kawamoto, and the Journey Podcast is all about sharing the journeys of purpose driven individuals from all walks of life who are following their passion and fulfilling their purpose in their own individual, unique way. In today's episode, I'm having a conversation with Victoria Maranjo, a talented European actress, director, producer and model who was born in France to a German mom and a Swiss dad. I first met Victoria in my favorite local Thai restaurant. You probably see the trend here if you listen to my previous episode. I seem to meet interesting people where the food is. My partner and I became friends with the owner of this local independent Thai restaurant, who cooks amazing vegan Thai food. And she arranged a little get together with some of her regular customers a couple of years ago. And Victoria was there with her partner. There was something about Victoria that really brightened up the dining experience that day. She has this really positive energy and a lovely smile that makes others feel at ease and relaxed. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Victoria. She has gone through an amazing journey and she also has great advice on how to stay true to yourself. Hi, Victoria. Welcome to the Journey Podcast. I am so excited to have you today and have this conversation with you. And I really can't wait to hear your journey. But firstly, I just want to check in and see how you're feeling today. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for inviting me. I can't wait. And it's really, really nice. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> me too, me too. And also, please do share like where in the world are you joining from today as well? So I'm I'm in London <laughs> and I'm based in London. So I'm actually like uh, at my place talking to you from London. <laughs> good, good. And I, I know the fact that um you're quite close to where I live. So yeah, exactly. we are quite, yeah. <laughs> we are nearly neighbours. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's, I guess it's kind of, yeah, it's nice to have neighbours in London because, yeah. you know, your friends can be everywhere and it can, you know, you can be travelling up to like an hour on a tube to get to exactly. see your friends. So it's nice to know that you are you live close by. Yeah, because it's so big. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so um, I would love for you to share first a little bit about your background and mm -hmm. also anything you would like to share about growing up and your early years. Okay, right. So um, I grew up in Brussels with a German mom and a Swiss dad that was born in France. <laughs> and um, so basically it all started with acting. I started to act when I was 11 years old because I was extremely shy as a kid. Seems hard to believe uh, right now, but I was really, really, really shy. <laughs> and then like as soon as I started, like I, I really loved it and I never actually stopped acting. So it was really like unexpected. <laughs> and of course, after that, I wanted to be an actor. And um, when I was 16 years old, I started my professional career as a stage actress in Brussels, in Belgium. So I was like touring there. 
And uh, yeah, actually directing came along later. So at the time I didn't even think about like directing at all. It was really like, I was really focusing on acting. I really wanted to be an actor. So yeah, directing really came later on. Um, And yeah, something funny I want to share is that with my my brother and my sister, we used to record movies as kids. And now uh, we all ended up being in the film industry, uh, which is really, really funny. <laughs> and I also have a half brother. We never grew up together, but he's also in the film industry. So wow. we're in the film industry, <laughs> but my parents are not like in the film industry. So it's just like this funny thing. But so yeah, that's that's it, I think. <laughs> Wow, that's so interesting to hear that you were a little shy girl yeah. who decided to start acting. But I'm curious to hear, so you were really shy and how did how did you find out about acting? How did that come about? So there was this acting classes, um, this acting yeah, class at my primary school um, and it was during lunch. And obviously I was extremely shy and at um, this, I was going through something also at school um, because between 10 and 12 years old also like, because I was really shy and stuff, I, I, I was also bullying at school for two years. And for me, the acting was really like an escape because basically for lunchtime I had this acting class when I could really, you know, escape from like, you know, all the kids out there um, mm. and it's yeah I, uh, my mom actually heard about so this acting class she was like oh maybe you should you know try and you know go for it um because really like I think it was really like I really could not talk you know <laughs> I was like super super shy um so yeah it's how it all started like I would say first of all obviously I was shy then the bullying didn't help because obviously you know like uh the lunchtime is like an hour and when you don't have like uh, loads of friends you know it's just like for me it was really like an escape so so yeah it really saved me uh I have to say and then of course like I I loved it because I could really express myself and you know like it was really like a revelation (laughs) Mm. and how did you come out from that shy uh Victoria out of that you know uh that shell and started building that confidence to act and then be on a stage yeah, that's a good question. It took years, obviously, because when I started when I was 11 years old, of course, like at, at first it was really hard. Um, but, you know, I think it takes it takes years. It really takes years. Um, but I never actually like stopped acting. So acting was really like a part of my life. Like um, and I think it did help me, obviously, because it helped me to you know express myself and not be afraid. Um, so I had great teachers as well, so it, it did help, but it took me years because I was still even shy, like after, I would say, you know, even after two years after starting like acting, I was still shy, but, uh, it was getting better and better and better. And also I feel like, um, sometimes even now I, I, I know many actors, they're super shy in real life, but when they're on stage, they are completely different. It's mm-hmm. really like a way to really express yourself and it's very it's very weird because you can be extremely shy in real life but then as soon as you're on stage you're completely different it's mm. not my case anymore because I'm not shy anymore <laughs> but I know I have other friends they're super shy but when you see them on stage or like on screen they're completely different 
but it does yeah it does take years it's really like a like a, you need to work on yourself like every day mm, yes that is amazing and I think that's what's amazing thing about having some way for you to express and finding that passion because I, I was a really shy girl as well when oh, I was really? growing up <laughs> and, okay so we have that so yeah so I can completely relate to what you say and I think for me it was writing so mm. I think I guess you know everyone have a different way of expressing themselves and when they're following their passion and doing that thing that you're really passionate about you just like become your true self yeah um yeah, so I that's totally amazing agree. to hear <laughs> I, yeah I totally agree but it's funny that you mentioned the writing as well because I think I mean I had that too uh, I was writing a lot but I think it's um yeah we all have like our ways to kind of you know also escape and, mm. and yeah, but it's very yeah it's very interesting that you were shy as well <laughs> <laughs> And I, I guess I still can be quite shy if I, because I'm pretty introverted as well. So, yeah, it takes quite a courage, you know, to talk to new people and yeah. try to, yeah. Um, I, I, although, like, I'm really good at one-to-one, I think group setting has always mm-hmm. been quite a challenge for me. Yeah. But, yeah, I had no idea you were shy as a child. Yeah. <laughs> from, I, I think you would yeah. never recognise me. <laughs> <laughs> completely different yeah yeah it was really like and it's not just like a bit like it was really like I could not even talk at all mm. so it's like really I was really afraid to talk so mm. yeah wow. so it's just like so I can totally relate with anyone who's like super shy because I've mm. been there so yes yeah. <laughs> yes um so did you have any role models um you mentioned about your teacher earlier but did you have any role models or anyone that you like really admire as you were growing up yeah I had a few so of course I had great uh, a few great teachers that I will always remember but also uh, in my family I had my grandmother <laughs> mm. I know it's, it's just because she was such like a hard worker and I was thinking about her back in the day. She was so difficult and she she was extremely independent and she managed to really like have this job like which was really more it was very difficult at the time because many women were secretary and it really like for me she was an example because I always wanted to be independent and work hard to get what I want and I I was really grateful to have to have her as an example but also as an artist um, I loved Hilary Duff. <laughs> mm-hmm. I st- actually still love her. Why? Because um, I think she's one. She's one of the rare artists who, in my opinion, found this balance between work and her personal life, which is mm-hmm. also, you know, what I was looking for. Um, and of course, as a kid, I was, you know, I loved her and. Also, she helped me a lot, like to, to go through things, and and then of course, like watching her, I was like, oh, I want to be an actress and that kind of thing. So of course, I really, really admired her, admired her, and then my grandmother in my family and my teachers. So, yeah, I had a few. <laughs> Amazing. And how did they impact you? How did they influence you as you were acting as? as you were developing your career as an actor and also building that confidence and yeah coming out of that shy shy girl yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good question um yeah I mean for example like if I think of Hilary Duff like I was watching 
I was watching her after school. There was this TV series and every time I would like watch her and she would really give me hope. And I had this diary, I remember, and I was even like saying, oh, I want to be an actress like Hilary Duff. And I really, I was really like, she was, yeah, I felt like uh, I had hope, you know, and um of course, like it was also some kind of escape for me. Like, you know, you come back from school. I did like school. So every time, you know, I would come back home, I would like, you know, for me, would like she would be a friend, you know, even though I, I didn't know her. But I was like, oh, my God, like I can't wait to to watch her on TV, um, that kind of things. And of course, like I had all these dreams, like um, to, 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 to become an actress and to actually like escape Belgium <laughs> and go somewhere else. <laughs> um of course and then like yeah and then my teachers uh, like yeah they were really supportive like the drama teachers um so it did help like they always like supported me of course my parents always supported me acting wise as well um my grandmother as well so he helped um but yeah um I think that's it I think so <laughs> <laughs> and What's been like the most um, challenging time for you as you were developing your career as an actor? Yeah. Um, so first of all, basically when I was 16, I I quit school because I wanted to focus on my acting career. So obviously yeah, it was not easy because then like I had to, I decided to move to Paris when I was 17 on my own. And um, then I started like acting there and you know, I was on my own. I had to also work. Uh, and when you're 17, it's not that easy because like usually people don't hire you when you, you know, when you're not 18 years old. <laughs> so I had to find like different jobs at the same time to support myself. Uh, I was studying in the drama school as well. So I had like four or five jobs at the same time, then plus drama school. So it was really, really tiring, but I really wanted to do it. Um, so yeah, I was, I was really young and after leaving five years, um, in Paris, like I decided to, to move to London, but that was like a big challenge because first of all, my English was not that great. I had to start all over again from scratch because mm-hmm. in Paris, I had all the contacts. And of course I was like, I started like to book French gigs on French TV and stuff, but I felt like I needed more. I wanted to have more like an international career. And I decided, okay, I'm going to move to London, even though I have to start all over again. But that was really challenging, and especially with the language. I was always scared not to understand when, you know, going to audition and stuff like that was mm-hmm. really, really scary. Um, so that was really, really challenging. And of course, later it got better. Um, so, yeah, and, and obviously, like the, the time in Paris, I mean, even though it was great. It was really hard because when you're 17, you know, and you live on your own and it was my first time, like, without my parents, like, you know, I had to really do everything myself and then work, uh, you know, having like four jobs at the same time when you're under 18. It's not easy either, you know. So, yeah. But yeah, it was it was great anyway. At the end. <laughs> <laughs> so you moved to London. Was that in early 20s? I guess. Yeah, I was 22. So I moved to London in 2015. Okay. And did you know anyone in London? Did you have any friends or any relatives? Yeah, luckily my brother was here. And yeah, he was was in London and I had like a few friends as well. Uh, Not a lot, but I I knew a few people. So it was okay because I was not completely on my own. 
because mm-hmm. basically when I moved to Paris, I really didn't know anyone. So mm-hmm. that was more like um, a struggle. But here, yeah, I, I, I knew people. So it was okay. But I was just more like, I worried at the time with the, the language because my English was not really that great and then you have to start all over again and it's completely different and you're always scared not to understand anything and so um, but yeah I knew, I knew a few people so yes, yeah that's always uh, <laughs> nice to have someone that you know in the area that you're moving to but I always thought your English was perfect uh, <laughs> and to be honest you know I always have that struggle with language as well because English is my second language yeah, of course. and yeah and I always feel like my English isn't perfect and even doing this podcast like I was oh, like no, oh, I think it's I, great yeah. it's perfect oh, it's much you. it's way much better than mine I still need to improve no your English <laughs> no, is really no. great <laughs> Yes. Um, so what kept you going in London? You knew a few people and but you struggled with your language. Yeah. And and start, you know, starting from scratch again. What kept you going during that time? So I just like I mean, I started to book gigs on my own as well. So the fact that I, the, it's, the system is so different here, like quickly, actually, luckily, I I booked loads of acting gigs and modeling gigs and um, it was so different than France in a way that I'm not saying it's easier. It's not what I'm saying, but there's much more opportunities here. And I think in a way I felt like it was more open minded, like people were looking for foreigners and they were looking for French actors and they didn't mind if you had an accent and that kind of things. And and then, of course, I got an agent quite quickly. So. I was really super excited about it because I was like, oh my God, like, even though my English is not that great, like they believed in me. So, you know, I was also, so there were many things like that, that really kept me going. And of course, I, I mean, I, I always love London so, <laughs> and I still love London. Uh, and I really wanted to, I, I, I never wanted to go back to Paris or, or Brussels. Like I really love it here. So of course the city and the vibe here, uh, you know, I, I never imagined myself leaving London. So um, but the fact that, yeah, I started to book like uh, gigs quite quickly and then I got an agent, of course, it did help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also started doing things on my own, like directing and then the directing came along. So, um, so many things, there were so many opportunities here. So it's just like everything happened so quickly. Um, mm. So, yeah. That's amazing. So that was a great move for you to come yeah, to London. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> And yeah, so you mentioned directing. So I'm really, really curious to hear from you how you got into directing. So yeah, that's funny as well. Um, so basically, like, um, I started by making my own acting show in myself. So basically, I was really frustrated that when you act sometimes you don't get the footage to make your showreel and as an actor you need a showreel and I was like okay I'm gonna do it on my own then it's gonna be much quicker so I started to organize like um, acting showreels for me and my friends so I would write I would hire a crew um, and then like as soon as I started doing this I really actually loved it I was like oh that's actually very cool um, and I had this story at the back of my mind that, I mean, based on my, my own experience that I really wanted to tell. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to start to write it properly and I'm going to make 
a short film and let's see how it goes. And then it started like that. I started to write my my movie, Don't Burst My Bubble. And then I, yeah, I, I made it happen, even though it was really, really hard, <laughs> like a big <laughs> challenge as well. Um, but it started like that, really with this acting showreel. I was like, oh my God, actually, I really love directing and, and, and I, I love writing as well. So I was like, oh, great. And then I started to to make Don't Burst My Bubble. And then after that, I didn't stop directing. So it really started like that because before, uh, I don't know, in Paris, I would have never imagined that I would become also a director. Like it was not even in my mind. So it really mm-hmm. like, it was really unexpected. I need to watch those uh, yeah. yes, it's films that you've directed for sure. And I'm excited about it. So what are the challenges? Because I know I, I'm, I'm not really familiar with all this acting world <laughs> I've never been in the acting world but I know there are so many male directors yeah. and there are quite there are only few female directors that are really successful so how do you navigate that world of directing where yeah. there's a lot of male directors yeah that's actually also a good question um so now it gets, I mean, it's getting better on my side, but I have to say, uh, I have to say when I started, it was not really easy, especially with this movie, Don't Burst My Bubble, actually, when I, because um, um, the people I was working with, uh, they were also mainly uh, male directors. And um, because it was my first movie, first of all, like they didn't really take it me seriously because they were like, okay, she's an actress, she wants to make a movie, whatever, you know, and but I really had this idea and this vision and it was also based on my own experience which is like street harassment during purity which is actually a real thing and um so I you know I I, I started to work with these guys and um it was a disaster <laughs> because every time like I would come up with something or I would want to do something they would say no you should do it that way or you should do it that way I know but or maybe you know we could like actually make it like everything is happening in her head the street harassment is not really happening but it's the way you know she feels and I'm like no but this is a true story it's actually a real story like street harassment is happening and during purity is like uh, I'm not making it up like it's really like a like a huge deal like we need to talk about it um so basically because also I was new and I was really naive uh, the movie didn't come up like the way I wanted, so I had to. I decided not to release it and start everything all over again, raise funds on my own, pay everybody, and then I was like, okay, uh, I'm gonna do it like the professional way, and that's it. So I did everything all over again, um, and at the end, I was happy with the result, but it took me like a year and a half to make it happen, so it took a long time. And uh, of course, even now, even though it gets better, I I still like, you know, sometimes I work with uh, guys who are just like, they don't really take me seriously. I, so I don't know if it's because I'm a woman or if it's something else, but it's very frustrating. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and it happened to me also recently on the movie I'm working, I'm working on at the moment. I had to fire actually two uh, guys because one of them was, uh, in my opinion, completely like macho, like would not even like, it would basically ignore me for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And then I would explain to him, look, uh, we need to communicate better here. Like, you know, there's a deadline, you need to deliver 
under the line because you know their investor is behind this movie it's really important and basically we're just like you know not analyzing stuff just like you know be upset whatever and I decided to just fire him because I was like okay this is not possible first of all I want people who actually believe in my story and it's usually more like uh, stories about women's rights and women's issues um, so then I found another editor and another sound recordist and they were absolutely absolutely great but uh yeah it's still like very very hard i have to say and uh i feel like you know sometimes they don't really take you seriously or they don't believe in the story uh so yeah even though now as a director i have more experience now so i know how to it's it's, it's different than before before i was extremely naive and i was scared to say things why now i'm not scared anymore but of course uh, it's still challenging it's did you have any self-doubts or imposter syndrome which i know you know as a woman we tend to have this imposter syndrome yeah yeah, yeah. i know what you mean i mean personally i was like i was like no way i'm gonna do it my way <laughs> like uh okay this guy is out um of course maybe when i, I mean when i I always knew what I wanted, like, so I, especially in directing, like, if I have a story and I want to do something for me, it's like, there's no way it has to happen. So even though I have like guys telling me, you know, you should do it that way, whatever, I'm not going to do it their way. Uh, but of course, it's just like, I, I would say I felt a bit like, yeah, just more like they, they don't respect me. So I, I many times I, I felt so frustrated. But I would say that you would, I would doubt myself in a way that I wouldn't, I wouldn't say myself, this is not good because I knew that, you know, um, this is important to, to talk about it because m- most of my movies are social issues. So it's like real things. And um, so I didn't read really that myself, but I was just like feeling frustrated. And I, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, why it can't be easy? You know, it should mm. be easy. We should be able to understand each other, you know, like. Um, and communication is so important as well. And then I wonder also, if you don't believe in the story, why then you want to work with me? It doesn't make any sense. You know, it's fine if you don't want to, but then don't don't waste my time. Uh, but you're right. Of course, like other people may even doubt themselves and can have an impact as well. And so I think you need to be really, really strong mentally as well. Mm. And how how have you been kind of making sure that you're mentally strong and having that attitude of, you know, I believe in my story and I'm going to do it. If you don't like, if you don't believe in my story, just <laughs> get out. <laughs> how how yeah. do you make sure that you maintain that mental ability to do that? Yeah, that's a good question. First of all, if someone tells me you can't do it, I'm always making sure to prove them wrong. <laughs> so I have yes. this ready that I'm like, I'm going to prove you wrong. So I'm just like, it gives me even more like, you know, strange. Um, but yeah, mentally, I just, I think it's more like, in my mind, I'm more like, okay, uh, I don't care about what people think in general. I think the problem is, and of course, I'm, I'm not saying... I understand why, but I think most of us care too much about what people think and actually mm. shouldn't. Um, I know it's more easy to say, uh, but for me, it's what, it's what I have in my mind. I'm like, I don't care about what people like think. Uh, if I want to do it that way, I will do it that way. I'm happy to, you know, listen and, you know, I'm not saying, okay, I'm not going to like take advices or something like that, but 
it should be, you know, like in some kind of respect. But if someone doesn't respect me, for me, it's kind of like, okay. And I think, you know, many people want to be clever as well and, you know, like that kind of thing. So for me, it's kind of like, okay, if you have something to say, uh, if you have a story to tell, if you want to do something, if you have a project, you should do it. Uh, you shouldn't listen too much about what people, you know, uh, say or think about you. Um, and of course, I think, luckily, uh, I I have a great partner. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Not all men are bad, so <laughs> so it's, it's, a great, <laughs> it's a great support. And of course, I guess it makes a huge difference as well. And I have great friends, and you know, um, while you know it might not be the case for other people, so I guess this help as well. But I think it's all like. With something that you need to tell to yourself you know it's like it's it's hard work I think we should all work on ourselves um, and analyze ourselves and also put this like really think that you know it doesn't matter what people think of us or say but you know they're not important <laughs> so mm. it's just um, and I think we do care in our society too much about what people think Yes, yes, so true, so true. But I personally don't understand why all those men don't believe in your story with your amazing energy and amazing smile. How can they not believe in you? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you you did say, you know, not all men are like that. And I know you have a very supportive partner. (laughs) Yeah, and I also had other... in my career, for example, I work with the same composer all the time. He's amazing. Uh, he's, he's always been supportive, and there are all others that are really great. It's just that some of them, or it's just some of them, are really like, <laughs> you know, taking the piss, you know. But um, but of course, you have like many others who are great. But just uh, it's yeah, it's um, people in general, I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you mentioned all your films are about social issues and women's rights. I'm curious to hear from you how you got into human rights, social issues, especially women's rights. So it came so basically when growing up, like I, it's, it's something that always bothered me. Like um, so I grew up in Brussels and I experienced loads of street harassment at a young age so it started when I was like 11 years old and for me it was like okay I can't understand that I'm still a kid and I have like all these guys like harassing me so for me it was so wrong and um, I was really annoyed by the fact also at the time that when I would talk about it um, they would say basically that it's my fault Um, and I'm like I was to me I always like hated um, injustice uh, this is not right, why it would be my fault, or why it would be, um, some people would say, for example, yeah, but look at the, the way you, you dress, and, you know, you wear a skirt, whatever, but yeah, but I have a right to wear a skirt, <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's, it's just like, it's that kind of thing, so it's kind of like, started when I was a kid, I was like, I, I could do, I could not understand that, um, and, and then also, like, uh, my my grandmother also was a feminist as well, and my bo- both of my grandmothers. Uh, so yeah, I was always like I grew up in that, but also seeing like the injustice really, yeah, really annoyed me, and I really wanted wanted to do something about it. And it was really frustrating because every time I would talk about it, people, even women, would not take me seriously at the time. Um, and I would really all the time I would have these comments like, yeah, but you know, it's the way you uh 
you look and the way the way you, you you dressed up and i'm like no it's not my fault and especially when you're so young first of all it's annoying when you are like uh, an adult but when you're like a kid it's not normal like uh, it's just um so yeah it's, it's kind of started like that with the harassment and then i saw so like a few of my friends who've been through also like um horrible things so i was like okay i really want to do something about it um and then that's how it started like um we've done burst my bubble and then with the other movies even though it's more like focusing on women's rights i also care about women's rights in general uh because there are so many issues around the world and not enough is being done so i think there are so many things to to talk about and we should i think raise awareness about it agreed agreed <laughs> so you <laughs> So you got two films out at the moment, is that correct? So these done burst my bubble, Our Streets. Our Street is a documentary. Mm-hmm. And then I made like other um, other shorts, but it was for competition. So it's a bit different. Uh, but yeah, you're right. So it's two Don't burst my bubble and our streets. And now I'm gonna release soon the yeah, the last one, Quiet. And uh, would you mind telling me and the listeners what those films are about? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so Dunburst My Bubble is about street harassment during purity. So when your body changes. And then Our Streets is also about street harassment, but during lockdown. Because uh, uh, funny enough, like I thought even me, I thought it was going to get better during lockdown, but actually it got even worse. So I decided to make a documentary about it during lockdown. So that's uh, a documentary about street harassment during lockdown. And Quiet is not a documentary. It's a movie about sexual assaults and why many women don't report it. So it talks also about the system. Um, So, yeah, that's the last one. Okay, amazing. Can't wait to watch them. (laughs) (laughs) And what's next for you? Do you have any other documentaries or films lined up or you've got something planned? So yeah, I have like things planned, but um, I would love to do a feature. So that's my next goal uh, because I've never I've never done a feature. So I would really love to do a feature. Um, and at the moment also, I started to direct for other people. So I have also other projects, but for, you know, like companies and, and clients in general, which I, you know, I only started doing this this year because I was so afraid before to actually direct for the people. And, you know, now it's fine because I, I tried once and then other people came along. So now it's okay. But yeah, my next, uh, I would love to do a feature. So, yeah. But first, I'm going to like focus on the festivals for quiet. And then after that, yeah, I, I'm going to that's my next next project. Amazing. So, <laughs> so, so exciting for you. Um, when is quiet coming out? So it's hard to say because quiet. So I've just finished the post production and I can't really release why it's in festivals. So first, uh, I'm going to submit it to festivals I already started. But we won't hear before January. Um, but while it's in festivals, it can't be released. So mm. probably it's going to be released like late 2020, 2024. Because uh, usually it's a year uh, when you send the movie to festivals. So okay. before, yeah, while it's in festivals, I can't release the movie. So I need to wait like the end of the festival seasons and then I can release it. 
Okay. Well, I, I didn't know anything about yeah, that at all. <laughs> but Don't Burst My Bubble and Our Street are available on a streaming platform, which is called Indie Clips. So these, anybody can watch. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Quiet is going to be late, later. All right. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for sharing your journey. It's been really inspiring to hear. And I feel like I know a lot about you now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so um, much for inviting me. No, no worries. And I got final couple of questions of for you. So what's the best advice you have ever received? Uh, so the best I've advice I ever received was not to, there's no rules, there's no rules. And honestly, at, at first I was like, okay, I don't really believe in it, but it's so, so, so true. So that's one advice. Yeah. Uh, there's no rules. Uh, so honestly, like, yeah, don't, don't follow too much, the rules, <laughs> especially in this industry, because you never know, like everybody's different. So, so yeah, that's to me was the best advice. Mm, that's really great advice, which I've not heard before, I guess. Yeah, because so there's many, no rules. Mm. Exactly, because even like in the acting, uh, you know, like they always tell you, um, okay, you should do it that way and you should that way and directing the same. But actually, no, there's no rules. Like, um, but even me, I, I, I struggled to believe it. At first I was like, no, but I should do it that, like that and like that. And then I was like, no, actually, no, that's a great advice. And it's and I follow it. And um, for Don't Burst My Bubble, for example, I did really completely my way, the angles I wanted. I didn't even like because I didn't go to filmmaking school. I only went to drama school, drama school. And at the end, the, the movie really worked well. So I think really like if you start to listen you know, to people too much, um, then it kind of like you really need to follow your, your gut feelings as well and what you really want to do. So with directing, I got a question. You said you didn't go to directing um, yeah. school to learn how to direct films. How did you learn? Did you watch other films to learn all the things and then kind of make it into your own style? Yeah, yeah. But I also watched tutorial because when I did this acting showreel at first, I wanted to learn all the vocabulary that you use on set because I was like, I'm going to hire this crew and, you know, I don't know all of this. So I started to kind of like learn as much as I could before before filming. But also, I have to say, I learned a lot while I was working. So it's mm -hmm. by working with people and making movies that you learn more and more and more. Even on my last movie, Quiet, I learned so much because one of my DOP, um, she works for television, BBC and She's done so many things and even her, she actually taught me so much things that I think that I already knew and I didn't. So mm -hmm. there's always something to learn. So I think by just like making your movies and, and just working and meeting new people, you can learn like a lot. For me, it's the best school. Yes, yes, I agree <laughs> as well. There's so much you can learn just watching or going to lectures and yeah. just listening, but you really need that practical application to learn, you know, exactly. how it's actually done. And I think it applies to any any work or any jobs that you do, yeah. isn't it? I'm, I'm sure with acting as well, that you can learn a lot from drama yeah. school, I'm sure. But it's, it's about yeah. just doing that, isn't it? Sorry. It's exactly it's exactly that because even with drama school, even though of course like I learn a lot, 
for me at the end it was really becoming very like technical and a bit robotic while sometimes it's good to also take a break and just work and you can learn so much with people you work with um so yeah and but like uh, youtube channels or podcasts like yours you know i think this is great also to to learn so yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> agreed agreed and final question Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to those who are trying to follow their passion, but feeling mm -hmm. challenged to do so? So once again, don't listen too much to others. <laughs> but, <laughs> but also like believe in your story, like, like if you believe in your story, you should really like go for it. Um, and once again, there is no rules. Uh, really don't listen too much to, to others don't doubt yourself too much even though sometimes you might think oh yeah it's not great of course you can listen to others a bit but make like your opinions at the end is the one that matters uh, so it should be if you want to make a movie for example like i take this as an example but it should be your movie at the end like if you watch it you should be happy with the result uh, because sometimes it feels like especially when you start people give to you so many advices and then when you watch the movie you, you can't even recognize your work so it's very important that yeah if you believe in something just go for it and you don't need like that much money or expensive equipment uh, when you start you just you know I, I believe if you have something to say you should really go for it mm, very great advice well, thank you so much, Victoria, for coming onto the Journey podcast, sharing your journey and sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I look forward to meeting you in the neighborhood. Yes, yes, <laughs> me <fun>. too. <laughs> thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Victoria. Please go and follow Victoria on your favorite social media. She is on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also watch her short documentary, Our Streets, and her short film, Don't Bust My Bubble, on the streaming platform, Indie Clips, which is a streaming platform for indie filmmakers. I'll put all the links in the show notes, so I highly encourage you to check them out and support her amazing work. I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll see you in the next episode.